This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, robots, both real and fictional. You will think your robot has a mental disorder. We will anthropomorphize our robots, our machines. We will characterize them as having feelings similar to us. We will think they might be depressed when we leave them alone. We will think they might be jealous if we hug another human being. There are some statistics that are kind of astounding. Most people talk to devices or Alexa or Siri more than they do their spouse. They will spend more time on a screen and a device than with another human being. If people believe their cats have OCD, or if people name their cars, you can only imagine how they're going to treat their household robots. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So we've been talking a lot about the future this year. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at the future of technology, specifically in regards to robots and what role they're going to play in our lives. Our first guest is an expert on robotics, and she is also the world's first robot psychiatrist. This is Dr. Joanne Pransky. Okay, so the first big question is obviously, what is a robot psychologist? Well, a robot psychologist was coined by Isaac Asimov in his uh, book, I, Robot. Basically, what it's saying is that one day you take your robot to a robot psychiatrist or even a robo-psychologist for the treatment of its psychological problems. And that, so it was bringing science fiction to life. It was also trying to prepare the world by doing so in a very light and humorous way, but to get people to think about the future. And the real caveat here is that you will think your robot has a mental disorder. In other words, we will anthropomorphize our robots, our machines. We will characterize them as having feelings similar to us. We will think they might be depressed when we leave them alone. We will think they might be jealous if we hug another human being. So it's kind of like bringing the field of pet psychiatry to life. And I did that in 1986. My mission is to create awareness. So awareness would lead to acceptance. So regardless of whether robotic psychiatry or robopsychology is science fiction, to me, it's inevitable. I've always been a little bit off. And when I think there would be a time that you'll bring your robot onto a couch and sit in my office and not exactly having a waiting line all these decades. Um, But to me, it's inevitable. So my mission was to create awareness because awareness is going to lead to acceptance. Do you think that we're going to be there, though, in the near future where we all just have these constant companion robots? Well, I think it's, again, I think it's an evolution, right? So I, I some people think their phones are companions. So it, the key thing is is all about human perception to me. That's the most important thing. 
So, and then we have to define a robot, which would take us like 20 years because there's, everyone has a different view and a different perception of a robot. And there's not one general definition. We already have robotic companions. They are just not yet commonplace. They're just not as commonplace as Siri or Alexa yet. Why do you think that we will end up identifying with them so much though, right? Because yeah, it's it's a robot and it might be with you all the time, but I also know it's not it's not a real thing, right? Like my oven is in the house all the time and I'm not talking to my oven. You're not talking to your oven yet, but it might talk to you in 2 years, right? It may That's it true. might it might talk through Alexa and go Get me out of here. I'm your roast and I'm burning. (laughs) I mean, so you might not, but believe it or not, there are some statistics that are kind of astounding. Most people talk to devices or Alexa or Siri more than they do their spouse. Human employees would, in a study, some feel more comfortable talking to a robot than to a human because a robot or or device wouldn't judge them. That's true. You know, it's helpful in the sense that there's not something judging that you, that you can kind of learn on your own. Well, and there are aspects to robotic technology that are better. So not only can a robot read to a child and help them, but do it over and over and over again endlessly which is really important for the education of children. I believe that particularly for upcoming generations who are, they will spend more time on a screen and a device than with another human being. This is not positive in my eyes. This is not what I want. Again, this is what I call inevitable. So therefore, if people believe their cats have OCD, or if people name their cars, you can only imagine how they're going to treat their household robots and friends and assistants. If I'm alone and elderly and hopefully Medicare one day recognizes the benefits of robotic technology and instead of having a human I can't afford take care of me 24-7, I can hire Medicare sends in a robotic assistant. And there are many benefits, right? It can lift me up when I need to to go to the bathroom, for example. It might be able to talk to me or or connect me to my children. Um, But that might be, particularly in COVID, right? That might be my only engagement socially. So when you look at this this potential avenue, robotic psychiatry, would you potentially be treating the robot or the person? That's an excellent question. So I say initially, I will be treating the person. It is the human that's going to receive the therapy more than the robot. And again, it's the evolution of robotic psychiatry. So for the first 35 years, it was just, I made up patients. I bought my own eyeball from Sony. (laughs) But now, now there's conversational robots that I can actually have a conversation with. But to answer your question, I have always thought that initially, initially now, right? So maybe not in a hundred years, but initially it will be the human. And that, that is exactly what I, I focus on. The, the, I, I say the human operating system, and I, I coined that Haas, not the robot operating system or as Ross, not the disc operating system, DOS, but but Haas. And, and I should also add, um, I forgot to mention, but Isaac Asimov did dub me as the real life Susan Calvin in 1989. Not that that helps my career, but it, it really was kind of the most important part of being a robotic psychiatrist. Have you had patients yet? Like, is the door getting knocked down or not yet? <laughs> that, that door is, is, uh, not even opening a little bit. Okay, so over the years, I, I, I can't say that. The answer would be yes. So I have tried to educate or edutain the world. So in small, small ways. Uh, so one small success, for example, was that I consulted for the film Ender's Game. 
and I got real users of robotic technology of exoskeletons from around the world onto the set instead of actors and instead of, you know, made up technology. So that was 2012. That was the first time that a lot of these exoskeletal devices to help people in their in their mobility um, were were coming out, and I got them all flown to to America and and as they were the extras in the scene. Uh, so that was a waste, right? So you're seeing it, it may be a bit the movie, but you may not know that that's a real, you know, robot performing surgery or whatever. Um, I have humorously, uh, received some patients. I was the psychiatrist for, okay, good. What's her name now? Val, the robo receptionist by Carnegie Mellon. And this was approximately 2004. And she was one of the first robot receptionist with AI and she uh, was designed in conjunction with the Drama Institute and the Computer Science Department and I was her official psychiatrist so we would email back and forth but of course it wasn't her actually emailing me. So now roll forward and I have just obtained a, a patient. I call it the world's first robotic conversational patient from Realbotics, though I haven't publicized it yet because I, I just received it. So I, I consider that to be, in other words, I've, I've had patients uh, in 1994. I was the official psychiatrist from a group called RoboFest in Austin, Texas, and they were designing this, this proto-android. So I was their official psychiatrist. Um, but again, I have not ha been able to have a conversation with one it's, of my patients. Do you feel like, like in your guess as a robotics expert, like how far away do you think we are from that? That's also an excellent question because we have conversation with devices. So just imagine that this device, instead of your Lexor series is embodied. Okay. So it's, 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 it has some physical embodiment that would emulate a human being. The challenge is in my eyes that, we have very primal conversations with Siri and Alexa. So yeah, it's definitely one right? way in the so, sense that, like, I'm asking you a question and you're giving me a response. Right, it's not right. like, and it, it's giving you a response because it has knowledge that we don't have. That's how it supplements us. But for me to ask a machine, "How do you feel about God?" or "What's the saddest you've ever been?" And to, to receive an answer like that it is not accurate because, it, it, as I say, machines, robots don't need shoes, and therefore they will never know what it's like to walk in them. They, they will not be able to gutturally feel the human condition. And that's where the perception of humans, I believe, is getting confused, particularly for the upcoming generations who are going to spend more time with a conversational robot machine device than with another human face to face. It has the knowledge that allows it to seem like it can empathize with you, but it does not actually empathize with you. Well, it's not that it's pretending, it's how we interpret it. So there are, there are people right now in the world that like, like, Digi, I forgot the formal term, where they've fallen in love with, the, with their robot sex bot. And like our pets or like anything else, we will love our robots. And, but we may expect them to love us back. And I'm not saying in the same way we love them. but And so it's not that it's pretending. It's that a combination of... of AI becoming more sophisticated and advanced to the point where you ask like a conversation with a spouse or like even you and I are having, right? We can decide if we want to change this conversation to more emotional, like uh, the best day of your entire life or what was, why are you so upset about this? And I think there's a very fine line between robotic technology to help us, to understand us, to listen to us, and to have rapport with us, particularly when we're alone and we don't have other humans to fill that need, or humans fill it in a very negative way. So a robot would be a much better 
entity to have. But when I start to interpret or if I'm programming that algorithm to seemingly have emotion so that it better understands me is where I'm questioning the confusion. Do you think that we should head off on this road, right? Like where do we need as, as, as human beings and as a society where we continually spend more and more time in front of a screen, do we need to stop? Like, do we need to reverse course? We cannot reverse the exponential course that technology is increasing. But yes, we need to put more focus on, again, the human operating system. Uh, I would like to see two E's added to STEM to make it esteem. One E for empathy and one E for ethics. I believe the homework for students all over the world should be face-to-face face-to-face and to work on emotional and social intelligence. Put the screen down. I don't care who you're living with. Bring out a puzzle. Bring out a deck of cards. Just have a conversation with nothing in your hand. And that, to me, should be literally the homework. Because without, it doesn't matter what you know in terms of your skills. If you are not emotionally stable, it is not going to help you. And we can see that with COVID. We're really coming, it's really coming to light the importance now. Unfortunately, it's taken this long, but how important mental health is. So I don't care if you're a brilliant roboticist and you, you, can, you can program anything and those are the skills and you can make a million dollars a year. That's not going to do you any good if you don't know how to make yourself happy. And if you, if you can't, if you don't have communication with other human beings and that, that, that to me is the most important thing. See, technology and robotics is supposed to help us do all the things we didn't like to do, right? Like the oven or, or even <laughs> taking things out of the oven or allowing you to, to um, software to help you in your, your other tasks or other work so that you can spend more time with, with your child. That's the goal. But that is not how it really pans out, right? We have to spend more time on social media. So, yes, I, I wouldn't say it, it's impossible to reverse but I think the first thing we need to do is make make ourselves aware and put a lot more emphasis on emotional, human, emotional, and social intelligence. Empathy can only be obtained from human to human, face to face. That's a really good point in the sense that these devices were essentially invented in order to save us time, but Correct. now they just consume our time. We've allowed it to, to, to take up more time. We, we're allowing our emails to be 24-7. We're allowing the phone to be in our, under our pillow. We're allowing – so, so I mean, I, I, I know it's easier said, and I'm obviously the, a victim just like everyone else of the stress and anxiety uh, of the increase in, of, of technology. But I, I like to make it more that this is something we humans can control in our lives. And, and really, uh, particularly, you know, as a parent, particularly with parents, I mean, I think we're on, I think we parents are on the wrong path. It's not about getting your kid into Harvard. It should be about what can I do to, to, to make my, my child teach his or her or their selves to be happy. When you first started this, are you surprised at how far robots have come or surprised this is only as far as they have come? I would say I'm surprised this is only as far as it has come. I, I, have, I don't think I've ever been off in my futuristic vision of what I saw the technology and robotics coming to. But if you were to ask me in 1986, I would have said, oh, by, by the year 2000, for sure. And, and that didn't happen. So what I, what I've, I've always been off in my estimate, but not in my expectation. So it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when, and actually it does take more time than I thought, and I think that turns out to be a good thing. If, if you ever get to the point where you're, you've got the robot on your couch, so to speak, what do you think the robot's issues with its life are going to be? Like, What's the robot going to be complaining about? Well, you're going to be taking it to me, right? You're going to take your robot to me, and you're going to tell me, that this robot has anxiety and stress 
And you're going to describe to me why you think that has anxiety and stress. And I think, and to answer your question, though, I think that getting along with other humans and understanding them, just like we have challenges with that, I think that's going to be the new entity's challenge as well for us to all understand and get along and, and, and improve our behaviors. And I sometimes use a little bit of humor to say, like, your, your children one day, your grandchildren might say, you mean marrying another human regardless of their age or gender or sex or religion was, was an issue? You know, because that's how I've always seen it. For the past 20 years, to me, it's not about color or anything else. The question is, is, is it a human or a non-human? What is it going to be like to be non-biological that where we're headed, right, to improve ourselves physically and mentally? At what point will we not determine ourselves to be human anymore? Yeah, I guess like what, how many cybernetic implants would I have before I'm not human anymore? I guess for me personally, it would just be my, like, as long as I had a brain and my face, I would still feel like a human being, even if I was completely robotic everywhere else. But I'm sure that's just completely, you know, up to the person. I don't think so. I think it's going to, I think it's going to. I think it's, you know, here we are wasting time with non-issues in my eyes at the Supreme Court. And this is these are things that we should be discussing. These are things we should be planning for. We should assume they're going to happen, not even though that it's not today. We should be thinking about that because if your bot right, if your body non-biological, who's re- who's responsible if you accidentally, your arm has an electrical glitch and you, you, you smack another human being and you kill them accidentally? Who's responsible for that? But with, but with that, right, with that, and, and so Ray Kurzweil, the world's most famous, you know, roboticist and scientist says, your phone your, is currently an external, right, device, and it's going to soon be an, an, an internal Deep down, I believe our fear of death is even greater than our fear of robots or speaking. And so subconsciously, what's driving, what's going to drive the future of of robots that look and seem to be like us humans is to keep those loved ones going so that one day your great, great, great grandchildren, instead of seeing videos and seeing pictures and hearing about it from their parents, there might be a robotic you, the new form of a companion for particularly your, your, your own children when you're right. So, so that's where, and, and this likeness of you it's going to be very similar because that's what we're going to work towards. We work towards it every day. When you when you sign off on an email and you've got this character character of you, right? You've got this two dimensional yeah. cartoon image, meme, whatever. So that's where it's starting. We already have all the we already have all the digital versions. We just haven't put it together in a three D body and brain replica. And, and that, that to me too is the problem with society is when it comes to technology, we spend a lot more time trying to figure out how to do something than figuring out if we should do something. I feel like there's a lot of technology that maybe we shouldn't have really done that. Well, maybe we, we didn't need that thing. Well, we're, we're driven again. We always want it. We're, we're human. So we want, we strive to make things better. Are you ready for some listener-submitted questions? All right. I'll try. Will robots (laughs) take over the world is, of course, the first one. To that, I answer, go see, if you haven't already, the movie from 1968, 2001 Space Odyssey. How is this schizoparanoid, schizophrenic computer? And we all thought computers would take over the world. Literally more than 50 years later, computers have not taken over the world. We work with computers. We are dependent upon computers. But none of us would say, now, a computer's being hacked. That's by a human being. So do I think that humans will use robots to try to take over the world? The answer would be yes. 
Um, sometimes I go off on tangents, and so I already have gone off and come back. But here's another tangent. We need to teach the upcoming generations about real-world consequences. Because what is real, what is artificial, what is virtual, what is a combination is about to merge. If we get to the point where we have like robots walking around the house helping us, how do you think society will look at them? Will they be looked at as tools? Will they be looked at as real people? Like a subclass of people almost. Well, I, I definitely think both. So I, 35 years ago, I said that there would be the robo-majordomo. A majordomo is like the, the master of a household. So the robo-majordomo would be the one that runs all the appliances, even your talking oven, and greets you when you come to the door and entertains you and serves us meals. Um, there, there is no doubt in my mind that as technology increases exponentially that they will be more of a companion than a tool, right? So I, I've also given the following examples that, I mean, I, maybe I'm going to be so old and alone and I have a robotic companion that I have sex with. And I don't have to worry about disease. I don't have to worry about rejection. I don't have the capabilities because I'm disabled to go look for a human partner. So I think we're going to have different robot <clears throat> entities companions and tools. I mean, I, I worked in the industrial robot world, so where it clearly was a tool. But whether you call it a tool or a companion, I think you have to recognize that they're there to supplement, not supplant us. And they're there to support us, to help and assist. And we need to try to remember that even if this is what we spend all day with and we have no face-to-face -face connection with another human being, that we need to, to remember that this is not a real person. Follow that up with a lighthearted question. What is your favorite fictional robot? Wow. Well, I have several. So the more screwed up the robot is, the more I love it. So if you were to ask me, like, I, these are some movies people probably never heard of, like, Cherry 2000 was about this this guy who electro, who electrocuted his his robot lover in the kitchen sink because it was full of water and he spent his whole life looking for her. So I love RoboCop. I mean, he's one of my favorites, again, because I wanted to go, Mike, it's okay. You're part human. You're part machine. You know, I, I thought I could really, really help RoboCop. But to answer that question, I would have to say it's Johnny Five in short circuit because that's what seeing that is what really um uh, well it, it just was like an, an, an no it was it was on the i was i was always obsessed with technology and how we're going to relate to it but after seeing short circuit i really formulated robotic psychiatry that's really all the questions that I have. What do you got coming up next? How can people get a hold of you? All that kind of stuff. Oh, thank you. Well, um, they can go to my website, which is actually in process of being um, modified, but it's www.robot.md, as in medical doctor owned by Moldova. <laughs> and also, let's see, I'm giving a TED Talk uh, in Sonoma County on January 30th. And oh, cool. I'm, I'm hoping to uh, disclose my more about my new patient. I want to thank Dr. Pransky so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter and Instagram. And we have also included her information in the episode description. Something that I think is really interesting, no matter how you feel, about some of the things that she said. If this is far-fetched, if you think this is absolutely reality, I am always reminded of this quote from one of our guests that said, before someone is called a genius, they're called crazy. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. Are you paranoid about technology at all? Like, are you suspicious of it? Uh, to a certain degree, I, I'd say so. I don't think it's going to take over the world like I think some people predict that it may. I, I want to know when as a society did we go, man, having a robot doing almost everything for us 
is what we want. Like th- that is where we want to go as a society. Stop working with our hands. Stop thinking. That's probably what I'm afraid of most. Is people already don't think enough because of our cell phones, me included. Look, I understand this. Do you want to be the person that sits there for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, putting hammers together? That's why we did it, right? This is the natural progression. The idea is that it's going to eventually free us up to do cool shit, but we as humans won't do cool shit. We'll bitch about things on the internet, (laughs) right? Like the idea is great. The reality, hmm. It frees us up, but what, I mean, what do you do with your time? We've talked about how much free time you actually have in past episodes. It's kind of incredible, and we still don't do anything with it. Well, because you don't have the energy, right? Even if we have the time, we may not have the energy to do stuff. But that is because the tediousness of life kind of sucks the energy out of us. If we could get rid of that tediousness. Man, I got to interject for one second. My daughter, my oldest daughter, had her first big accident over the weekend where she flipped over our couch. Wait, she flipped over the couch like Baby Hulk or she flipped over the couch like... (laughs) Which one did she do? How did she flip over the couch? Like she tossed it or did she just flip over the top of it? She was like, yeah, she's like, uh, you know, just flipped over it. Like from, you know, standing on the couch and flipped over the back of it onto the floor. Um, okay. Okay. But, okay. but there was some things back there. Like I was saying, a small baby seat, um, a couple of books that she landed on and it sliced her chin. Okay. Well, thanks for bringing that up. I'm sure a lot of people are interested in that. Um, I, I don't know why you hate on it, man. I'm telling you, people like our banter about life. I'm right, telling you. But this is about, okay, here, here. how about this then? When they have sex robots, are you going to buy one? <laughs> oh, my God. I just literally almost spit out my water. Um, are you going to buy one, yes or no? You have no. your wife's approval. Your wife says, go ahead. You have no financial constraints. You can buy this sex robot with no repercussions, either personal or financial. Financial? Are you buying a sex robot? No. Are you really not buying a sex robot? Well, okay, what's going to stop you from buying the sex robot? Uh, because, uh, I mean, I've never, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to say this. Without, I've never had sex with anything other than a human, first off. I, I don't really want to experience sex with anything but a human, if that if that sounds right. Okay. All right. The, I understand this a little bit. Okay, I mean, let's feelings, say you have like you're, you're, you're banging a, a, I don't, I don't like how <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to ask this. Like how realistic is the robot? The real, the robot is perfectly realistic. So you don't feel like a perv, <laughs> but you also know it's a robot. It's right in that sweet spot where you can be mentally okay with it. No, man, I, I don't think, you know, unless we go into a place to where there is absolutely no human interaction whatsoever, and I'd have to be divorced and living alone and just having a lot of time to myself to even think about uh, getting a sex robot. Let's let's look at it this way. You have a friend who gives you a recommendation and says, this is awesome. How many friends' recommendations do you have to have, like one, two, three, et cetera? Before you finally go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to try this robot sex. <laughs> I, I I don't think I would try it. I really don't. Every one of my good friends, you included, I, I suppose, uh, could tell me it's the, it's, it's the best. You know, it's the greatest thing I'd ever experienced. I don't think I, I, I could do it. I just don't think I could take it seriously. It would be pretty difficult. I'm, I'm right there with you where on one hand I'd be like, Oh, yeah, like I'm really not going to get a sex robot when I'm 70 and my wife is gone. Like, yeah, I'm going to get a sex robot. But I also couldn't see myself really doing it. Even if I had seven friends who said, this is the most amazing, you got to do it. You got to try it. I still don't know if it would happen. But I also think that eventually I would be like, okay, well, guess I'll see what all the fuss is about. I mean, if if I didn't know it was a robot going into it, if it was that realistic, then, you know, it's all about me knowing it's a robot. If I didn't know it was a robot, then then maybe. But the fact that I know it's a robot going in, I would I, I would I don't think I could do it. I understand that. So if you had sex with someone you thought was a real person and it turned out to be a robot, <laughs> you'd be OK with it. Yeah, I'd just be like, oh, well, that was uh, OK. I, I don't know the difference, but sure, I guess you are a robot. 
Okay. How many friends of yours could you think of right now that would buy a sex robot today? <laughs> uh, probably at least three, three to five, I think, that would go all in on a sex robot. Yeah, I can think of two to four who would buy one today and have probably <laughs> already looked it up. Chris what? Hey, hey, show. Let's not talk about your daughter. But hey, would you buy a sex robot? What is going on with this podcast? Sometimes, no, look. I no offense. Nobody cares about your daughter. <laughs> All right. Can we give some uh, virtual shout outs to our non-robot listeners? Yeah, sure. We probably have some robotic listeners too, to be honest. Yeah, uh, that's really all of our views. Shout out to Russian bots, baby. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll start out on Twitter here. Uh, Dave, appreciate you. Mike, uh, we'll we'll follow Mike up with a nerd out. Big followers there. Local toy store here in uh, in the Detroit area. Appreciate them. Uh, Christmas specials out of Ottawa, Canada. Apparently, the Canadians like us, eh? Uh, and then going to end with, uh, I self-isolated before it was cool. Uh, that's quite the handle. So uh, Instagram, we'll start with do you, uh, Matt. Do you think that Canadians want you to say A? I just say it right. anyways. I'm, I'm so close. I mean, I, it's just, just part of my language. They probably went from like, that person probably went from like, oh, we're getting to show oh, that asshole. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's a rite of pas- a passage in this this part of the woods, man. I don't think that's true at all. As a person from Kansas, every time somebody would say to me, like, hey, you're not in Kansas anymore, and quote The Wizard of Oz, I would immediately just like, oh, okay, I hate you. All right, back back on track here. Uh, Instagram, uh, Mac Brown, uh, Maca Brownie. That, uh, that's a pretty interesting handle there. Uh, Francine, appreciate you. Uh, Philip Rubin, Jason, and then uh, Rosemary Filion. Appreciate all of you checking us out on uh, social media this week. All right. Uh, pretty simple here, Nick. Um, you're an outdoorsy kind of guy in the winter. I'm curious to know how you would rank these three outdoor activities, uh, skiing, snowboarding, and sledding. I mean, it, I think it goes based on different ages. If I was going to go with it, honestly, I would put sledding as number one. Like, that's just pure fun. You don't have to have any skill. You don't really have to. It doesn't cost you very much money. Like, it's much easier. The fun to convenience ratio is much higher. Then it's probably skiing and snowboarding is basically the same thing. I've never actually been snowboarding. I've heard it's great. I don't really see how it could be different than skiing. And I go skiing a decent amount. All right. So someday I promise you, you will get me on skis and, and it probably will be the same day I break both my legs, but it's fine. Um, for, for anyone listening, imagine if you took a top, turned it upside down and put skis on the part that you used to spin it. There is John skiing. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially. Um, all right. Uh, Skittles or M&M's? Oh, dude. Get the fuck out of here with that. M&M's. Okay. Just, How's that even a question? I, you know what? I agree with you, but... I, I would take M&M's out of the garbage. I would take M&M's out of the garbage before I took Skittles. I, I, I don't know about out of the garbage, but I agree with you. Not like, someone else. Now, not someone else's garbage. I would take it out of my garbage. I mean, I, if I had a choice between M&M's in my garbage and Skittles on the counter, I would take M&M's out of the garbage can. We're going to have to throw this up on social media because I, I feel I agree with you, but I feel like there's a lot of people who like Skittles. I feel like it's an underrated candy in terms of like like people that like it. M&M's might be the uh, M&M's is probably the best selling candy. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to look this up. I would go ahead and say M&M's. And then maybe Hershey's, in terms of the biggest selling candy. Mm, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna think that it's something that we don't even realize because I, I you know I just I just don't think it's M and M's. I don't think it's a popular candy necessarily in America. But then again, maybe it's Reese's, maybe it's peanut butter cups. I don't know. Okay, here do you want to hear the list? Sure. Because I just found it. Guess what's number one? M and M's. M&M's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Hershey's Bar, Snickers, Kit Kat, Twix, Twizzlers, and Skittles is on there, but it's very low. It's much farther behind. Hmm. Well, all right, then. Uh, good for you. I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I agree with you. I don't disagree with you. I just think there's a lot of people that like Skittles. I don't think it's that crazy of a question. What do you think the annual sales in M&M's is in a year? How many, how many, how much money is spent on M&M's in a year? 
which I mean, I don't know, four hundred million, two point three billion dollars. Jesus, eclipsed only by Reese's peanut butter cups, two point six billion. Oh, I was kind of right. I said that. Not those are dominant though. Those are so dominant. The next. Next on that list, you've got to go down to Cadbury's Dairy Milk, which is eight hundred and fifty-two million. I've never even heard of it. I mean, you've had a, you've heard of Cadbury eggs, right? Yeah, but not Cadbury's Dairy Milk. <laughs> I guess that's just a chocolate bar. It's in the United Kingdom. You would think that whatever China, whatever like China's preferred chocolate of court of choice, would just dominate simply because there's so many people there. Or India. I have a weird feeling that us as Americans probably eat a lot more chocolate than Asian countries. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that, is, that is that is true. We uh we always go big or go home, baby. Um uh let's see. The best kind of potato, baked, mashed or french fries? Mashed. No, french fries. French fries, but that's not a sustainable potato. Right? Eventually you're going to die eating nothing but french fries. <laughs> I would say the best sustainable one is probably mashed, I think. I got to go baked, man. Baked is where it's at. Mm, baked to me is too much work. <laughs> I actually think it's the least amount of work. All you have to do is put it in the oven for 45 minutes to an hour, and it's ready to go. It's more eating work, though. Like mashed, you can just – <laughs> mashed is just an easier one to me. Yeah, I mean, I, guess, I mean, if you're talking about, eat, like, you know, eatability, yes, mashed is the easiest. But to make, uh, you know, baked is the way to go. Twizzlers outsell Skittles. I would not have thought that. Nobody. See, Twizzlers is the a candy to me that people say they like, but no one really likes Twizzlers. Well, Twizzlers is popular probably because it's like an easy thing that to buy. It's it's what you get. It's what the kind of candy you get for people you don't like. <laughs> like, oh, let's get some candy for Halloween. Like, let's get them some Twizzlers. That shit's cheap. <laughs> Twix, man. Anything with with caramel in it, I, I can't stand. So. You know, well, Twix is the number six. Yeah, I can't. There you go. Not not a big fan. That you know, that's just me though. You like it? Okay. Over to you. Are you done? I, I am done, and I I am curious to see your top five this week. Okay, so our top five is top five fictional robots. <laughs> we have some people that are pretty sure that you're going to mess this up and put in something that is not a robot. But that's that's okay. I actually have faith in you. Our I, listeners don't have faith in you. I have faith in you. I, uh, what's your number five? I'm starting off with one close to home, right here in the Motor City, and uh, that is RoboCop. Dude, I like how you somehow tie RoboCop to Detroit. Like, he's not from there. It's a fictional thing. It's not like you can go meet RoboCop. No, it's set... It the, Well, yeah, of course you can't meet him. He's fictional, but you. it's the movie... Is set in Detroit. So that was all it took for you. If there was any other robot in Detroit, that would all be your top five. It's top five Detroit-based robots. Don't turn that. I mean, you cannot not say that RoboCop is at least, at best, a, a, a top ten, if not top five worthy. He's awesome. I, I would say that he's actually just outside of the top ten. I mean, he's. I don't think he's. In, I don't think he's in the top ten. He. I. The highest that I would accept RoboCop is twelve. <laughs> I can think of eleven better robots than RoboCop. I, well, I mean, I mean, that's that's you know that's your prerogative, man. I, I, I he, he's. He had one good movie. The rest sucked. Roboman RoboCop has done nothing since that first movie. Yeah, but all you need is just just one appearance, and that's what he had. One appearance isn't going to cut it for my list of top five robots or my list of top ten robots. You have one appearance? Like, okay, rookie, let us know when you're ready for the big leagues, Junior. What? What's your number five? Mega Man. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to argue with any of these because there's a lot of good fictional robots out there. Yeah, you can't argue with Mega Man. You can make a clear argument against RoboCop. He doesn't have the appearances. People say Mega Man. You're like, oh. Okay, I can't say anything against Mega Man. Well, g good thing the list isn't based upon you know longevity. Even though you can say that RoboCop, I mean, he's a cult icon. I think most people, I think people under the age of twenty five probably don't even know who RoboCop is. Well, then that's their own fucking problem. 
<laughs> Maybe 18. I think people under the age of 18 don't know, like, who the hell is RoboCop? I, you know, I, I, here's the thing about RoboCop is he's awesome. He dies. He comes back as a robot and he kicks ass. I mean, how is that not, how is that not great? He's a crime fighter, crime fighting robot. Really? He's more of a cyborg. Actually, he shouldn't even be on this list. Man, you didn't even make it past the first one before somebody could have a significant argument with you about it. RoboCop is a person with robotic features. He's not actually a robot. He's a cyborg. I, I, I think anyone who argues against him being a robot uh, is is not... Um, knows any, knows something about the character and didn't base their whole selection on the fact that he's ba- from Detroit. Oh, you, you, can, you can say whatever you want. He's a robot, and he's badass, and he's in the top five. I know there's a lot of people who would agree with me. Is RoboCop a cyborg? Google search, yes. RoboCop is a cyborg. Well, if, he is a human-like cyborg. I'm sorry. I, I mean, what's the difference between a cyborg and a robot? Cyborg is a person with robotic features. Cyborg is basically a person and a robot mixed together. A robot is simply a robot. According to your friend Google, a robot is a generic term. Anything can be a robot. Okay, but he is a cyborg. Uh, he's a cyborg, which is also classified as an, as an android and all androids are robots, according to Google. Okay. Wrong. (laughs) Robocop, according to Wikipedia is a cyborg. Dude, you got to go past the first thing that tells you what you want and actually do some research. Everyone stop listening to you because you're trying to make this into something. You're like, you're like one of these right wing politicians trying to make our listeners believe that I'm making Wrong, something up which you are look you're the guy who still thinks they haven't landed on the moon I, this is the guy who didn't think that dinosaurs existed I is now trying never, to give me advice about robot versus cyborg never ever said i didn't think they existed i said i question it Ooh, peter weller has an interview in which he describes robocop as a cyborg peter weller's the guy who played robocop I understand where the confusion can come from because Cybocop doesn't sound nearly as cool as Robocop. I still don't under I, I still don't understand it. Uh, I'm gonna keep them on there. You can you can dismantle my list and say it doesn't count. I'm keeping them on there as my number five. Here he is, the Rob the official Robocop wiki. OCP Crime Prevention Unit 001, or better known as Robocop, was a cyborg police officer. Cyborg, dude. That, that's what cyborgs are androids, which are robots. So, it, I, okay, like, look, you, you, you clearly don't know what you're talking about in this regard. Uh, what's your number four? Doesn't even matter. The Terminator. Okay, that's my way. That's my number four too. <laughs> I mean, are you going to tell me because he has human skin that he's a cyborg? No, dude, he's clearly robotic. He doesn't have any kind of human-based vital functions in terms of like a brain or organs or anything like that. I think you so need to rewatch a robot. RoboCop, but it's fine. Dude, okay, was RoboCop originally a human? He was. Okay, done. Argument over. That's fine. It's over. It's over. That, that's fine. I, I don't want to continue this argument because it's not going to change my opinion. Right. That's the that's the way to do it. Whenever I'm proven wrong, I always try to just stick my head in the ground and say, "No, nope, you're not listening to me, correct. though." I, I I've, I've proven that androids are cyborgs, which are considered robots, and you don't want to hear that because you don't want to hear that. But it's not true. You're misinterpreting. Like you're taking you're you're taking it and going to the farthest possible conclusion of it. Like RoboCop is a cyborg. Um. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't, I mean, to be honest, it really doesn't, like, I don't really care. It's, it's still a robot. But it's a cyborg, dude. <laughs> it's not the same thing. He, he still, he still is operated by a computer system, which whether that makes him a cyborg or a robot, he's still not human. I knew, I knew this is, God, somebody predicted it. Who predicted, somebody sent us a tweet when we sent out top five fictional robots. I give this five seconds before they get into an argument about robots. Versus cyborg, <laughs> and that person was exactly correct. I, I'm not shout out to you. <laughs> shout out to you. I mean, shout out to you. Congratulations! <laughs> you obviously listened to us, and you know it or know us. But uh, you know, I I'm moving on here. We're on my uh, my number three, uh, which is a tie from the same universe, and that's going to be uh, Voltron. Uh, and what? Why are you scoffing at Voltron? 
no voltron i forgot about it okay forgot about voltron i was like i'm like man if, if he's laughing at that then i'm i'm just gonna hang up here because i just i don't even know i'm just doing it look okay go ahead and explain your voltron i'm just gonna do a quick google search no no i i just he's he's badass i mean i, I don't know how else, how else to ex- like he's just a fantastic the legendary defender if i'm not mistaken i think's like his title Vol- voltron wait is but voltron is the combination of five other robots yes right so which one of those five other robots was your favorite other robot mm. Did they even do shit on their own, or were they basically just all wasting time till they combined why before you, Voltron? Why are you like completely tearing apart every every uh, you know everything? I'm just, I don't remember. Like, look, I remember Voltron. I liked Voltron, but I don't remember like any of them doing anything beside on their own. It wasn't like they were beating. They were they like they started the fight and then they were losing the fight. And then they combined to form Voltron. They just went straight to Voltron, didn't they? Yeah, well, there was three teams, I, I believe. The the sea, the land, and the sky, or, or air team, I believe. And they came together to create Voltron. Right, but did they try to fight independently? And like, hey, sea team. Yeah. yeah All but- right, we're fighting on our own, but we need backup. <laughs> or did they just go straight to Voltron? No, they, they, they did things on their own, and then when they needed to all come together... Uh, it's like Power Rangers almost, right? They all came together to create that one big ass thing that I can't Man. remember. Power Rangers ripped that off. <laughs> they sure as hell did, didn't they? How did Voltron not sue somebody there? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. That's a good. Uh, also searched heavily under Voltron is did Keith and Lance kiss? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> beyond, I mean, beyond me, I'm not. Uh, you know, I watched it and I, I went back to it a little bit, but uh, you mean you went back to it? You know, I mean, over the years, there's been a couple of reboots and things, and uh, but oh, first off, I don't know. You must have been watching a different one because all I see is there's the black lion, the red lion, the green lion, the yellow lion, and the blue lion. <laughs> uh, well, the, there were the teams I said: C team, land team, air team. Uh, and I believe Keith and Lance were, uh, what, Sven and Pidge, maybe? Oh, wow. Like, I don't even know what you're or like, talking about. Or Keith and Pidge and Lance and Sven. I I, I kind of forget. I, I'd have to go back and really shake the memory to, you know, to see. But all I know is I remember watching Voltron as a, as a little kid, and it, he was just, it was a badass, man. It was, you know, like Captain Planet. Like, I just wanted to be there. Hmm. See, but this tells you a lot that even in the Wikipedia, even in Voltron's own wiki page, it has the green lion and the blue lion as having Voltron ability. And it just says unknown. So they were obviously not shit by themselves. Like nobody. This was just a time waster. Everybody just like, just get to Voltron. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, he's the star of the show. He's like Robocop. I was really. Oh, here's your. Oh, here's your people here you're talking about. The black lion was operated by Shiro, the red lion Keith, the green lion Pidge, yellow lion Hunk, and blue lion Lance. Hence why the search term did Keith and Lance kiss is a prominent search. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, my number three is Wally. <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I... I'm not the big, carried his own movie. I'm not the biggest fan, but uh, you know I'm also over the age of ten. So that's a good movie, dude. That should have won something. <laughs> if it didn't, I'm sure it should have. Yeah. I, I I have nothing to say about Wally, so I'm just I'm just gonna move on to my uh, number two, which is R two D two. Ooh, that's my number two too. Wow, we both got R two D two on two. So ooh, that. Are we gonna have the same number one then? Yeah, probably. That we that, and that means I think for the first time in uh, our top five history, we had three of the same answers. Or this, you know, I don't think we've ever had it in the like we've had similar answers before, but I don't think that we've ever had them in the same places. What's your number one? Does it have an O and a P in it? <laughs> it sure does. You say it, Optimus Prime. Oh, that's that's he's the dominant force, right? He is the number one robot. 
I know that a lot of people could make an argument and say like, oh, it should be R2-D2, but R2-D2 never carried the franchise, right? Transformers is Optimus Prime at the end of the day. It's Optimus Prime. Whatever version they're putting him in, whether he's Optimus this or Optimus that, Optimus Prime is still number one. I think that's an easy number one, honestly. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, but... I don't know. See, it's hard for me because I think Star Wars is right up there. And uh, I don't know enough about Star Trek, but I believe there was uh, a couple of those characters that were cyborg or that's cyborg robots as well. Um, yeah. No, man. Yeah, I'm, Data, dude. What'd you, you say? Know, Data. Data. That was his name. Data. There you go. I Listen, I, I, don't, I know nothing about Star Trek. Never watched it. Probably never will. I never got into it. But I was always a Star Wars guy. Do you think Data is a robot or a cyborg? I mean, I'm going to say, well, once again, I uh, from my quick studying, I believe cyborgs are still indeed a robot. Hmm. Or maybe a robot hmm. is a cyborg. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, did you Google what's the difference between a cyborg? There's also an android, which I don't know what that. An android, apparently, though, is a lifelike an android is something that is created to specifically look like a human being. So, right. So you could have a robot, a cyborg has human parts in it, which is a combination. And then an android would be a robot that is specifically made to look like a human. Yeah. So like yeah. on my honorable mention, I have a couple of androids like uh, Bishop from alien. I'm sure you're a big fan, right? Never seen it. Oh man. You're, you're missing out. That's those are great movies, uh, at least in, in in my humble opinion. And then uh, too, scary. too scary, hard pass. <laughs> too scary. What are you seven? Uh, and then I, I only I uh, is Inspector Gadget an android or is that a person? Ooh, I believe Inspector Gadget would be a cyborg. Okay, well then 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 he'll go on my honorable mention. Um, no. And then uh, who else do I have on here? I had uh, Hell 9000 from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, Ultron from The Avengers, uh, Bumblebee. Uh, I put C-3PO on there just because, I mean, you know, he's not R2-D2, but he still should be on there. And then, uh, uh, yeah, that pretty much rounds out my list, I think. We have some suggestions from online. The Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. I hear like a lot of good things about it, but I've never seen it. Mm, um, Bender, Bender from Futurama. No, I'm I'm not going to put that on my list. The weird chick from the Jetsons, the maid. I don't think that's, I don't think that makes it. Mm. I mean, it's a good, right? It's clearly a robot, but I don't think it's going to catch up. That's a, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, that's at least honorable mention for sure. Inspector Gadget is a cyborg. Okay, well then that would be, he'd be in my honorable mention. Okay, all right, it's not a cyborg list, it's a robot list. <laughs> if they're the same thing, what, what's what's on your honorable mention? If they're the same thing, why are they called different things? They're, they're, they're different classification, but they're still under the robot blanket. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I need to go back and see on Twitter who predicted this because they they know us better. You know they know us just like how we know us, which is kind of creepy. Such a such a great way to win an argument though is to always say like, oh, if they're the same, why are they called something different? <laughs> and nobody can nobody ever has an explanation. Well, like, well, I I just get too I get too passionate. Like I I let my emotions get in the way of my arguing half the time or my debating. It's not a healthy thing. Are you a, are you like a, at the end of it? You shut up. <laughs> uh no are you a walk off do you what are you gonna do are you gonna make one loud yell or are you gonna walk off uh I, i'm a one <laughs> i'm a one uh you know loud yell walk off and then if if i need to say something else i'll come back two minutes later well, you're coming back too yeah. you're coming back and another thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. by that time my wife's already moved on she's like why are you still angry oh shit. oh i love it when they come back yeah, I love it when somebody's like, oh, here they come, round two. <laughs> now they got something else that they wanted to say. <laughs> um, That's pretty much all my honorable mentions, right? I'm sure there's a lot of stuff from famous things that we don't know about, like science fiction and stuff like that. But I think I, I really think that our top five is pretty much spot on. 
Right. Obviously, RoboCop doesn't belong in there. That's a ridiculous statement. You're a fool, man. It's fine. Oh, okay. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Would love to hear what your best fictional robots are. I mean, I think we've got a really good, an actual pretty solid top five. It's hard to to put out Optimus, right? It's hard to kick any of those robots out of the top five, but man, you feel strongly about it, let us know. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.